the Toronto Star ran their first of a series on examining the data on seeking greater transparency on how health care healthcare dollars are spent in the province. And what they're doing, the the first um, article says uh, they decided, they, they asked for the um, data after seven years, they got this ministry data obtained by the Star to identify the, the top 194 doctors of 31,000 plus across the province whose annual billings are the highest. And there are people that say that we should know how much doctors make because we know how much other people make that work for the government. It's a sunshine list. There's a guy named uh, Michael Dechter who served as deputy uh, minister of health during Bob Ray's NDP government in the early 90s. And he has advised various governments on health care over three decades. He thinks that something similar should exist for physician billings above a certain, certain threshold. He says there's no reason why the public shouldn't know where their tax dollars are going. We publish tens of thousands of names from people who get paid by the government. Doctors get paid overwhelmingly by the government. I don't know why they should be exempt. Here to talk about it, Dr. Brett Belchest, Chats, who is our 640 Toronto medical expert. Welcome to the show, Dr. Brett. Good morning. Good to have you on. I think a lot of people uh, are interested, intrigued, and somewhat shocked by how much doctors bill. But can you give us a little insight into the billing, the difference between the billing and how much doctors actually make? Because I think there's a perception that what is billed is what is taken home. And I'm glad that you asked that question. I, I think that's a very important distinction. So, you know, anybody who compares these numbers to the Sunshine List, that, that is a, a very, very incorrect comparison, mostly because the Sunshine List are, are generally salaries, meaning take-home pay. So, you know, if you are a, a salaried employee of the government and you are on that Sunshine List and you have, a say, for instance, a salary of $200,000, that is your take-home pay that you can spend on you know, your, your activities of life as you see fit. Now, when you look at a doctor's billings, that is not take-home pay. So it's really important to understand that most doctors out of those billings are paying for all of the necessities of their practice. So they're paying their rent, they're paying their secretaries, they're paying their nurses, they're purchasing equipment, they're funding surgical services, etc. So most of the time what we're seeing, and it depends on the specialty, about 50, you know, if we're looking at things like ophthalmology and radiology, which are very, very high billings, about 50 to 70% of what you see in the billings actually funds their operation. So it pays those rents, it pays those nurses, it pays those secretaries. So this is money that does not end up in the doctor's pocket. So, it, you know, if we look at some of these numbers, they're very, very high. But when we look at, you know, for instance, you know, the very top biller in this list who is billing $6 million a year, that does not mean that this person is earning $6 million a year. It means that they're funding with that money the equivalent of a mini hospital. So, you know, for us to say that this person is very, very rich because they're billing $6 million a year would be very much like looking at a hospital that gets funded with $6 million a year and saying, this, wow, this hospital is rich, never mind the fact that the hospital has to pay the salaries of nurses and all the other things that come out of that money. Why are ophthalmologists and radiologists, why are they such high billers, you know, compared to other doctors? There's a number of reasons for this. Uh, a lot of it is because they either do very uh, expensive procedures or they do procedures that they're doing very high volumes of. So particularly in ophthalmology, a lot of the billings come from cataract surgeries. These are just incredibly common surgeries. There's huge volumes of these surgeries being done, and they are a surgery that pays the ophthalmologist a, a fairly substantial amount per procedure, and that's a, a lot of what racks up their billings. Uh, similarly for radiology, you know, their, their procedures maybe aren't as high-paying, but they're doing an incredibly high volume of, of tests. So, you know, if you look at the average 
patients uh, experience, most people are familiar with the fact that there are a lot of x-rays, CT scans, ultrasounds, et cetera, that are being ordered through the system. And every single one of these requires a radiologist to look at it, read it, and pay for it. Now, what both of those specialties do have in common, though, again, is a lot of expense in terms of running their practice. So if you're an ophthalmologist who is doing cataract surgery, you have to fund an entire operating suite to actually provide that cataract surgery in most cases. And similarly, radiologists have lots of hardware expenses as well. So it is, you know, again, it is very important, I think, that there is transparency. I think people need to know where their public dollars are going. But the context here is incredibly important that people do understand that these numbers are very, very different from take-home pay. So these uh, doctors, what we're looking at, are not, it's not like a normal government employee. These are people that are small business owners. The, the best, yes, they are. And the best way to think about this, especially when you're looking at the really high pillars, you actually have to look at that doctor more as almost like a mini hospital. So when you look at, say, for instance, $6 million going to that top billing ophthalmologist, think of that as more as $6 million going to an eye hospital. And the ophthalmologist happens to be one of the people in that hospital that eventually, after everything is paid for, will take money out of it. Many other people working in that hospital, like, as I said, the nurses and secretaries, et cetera, will be taking some of that $6 million. But that $6 million is not funding an individual. It's funding an entire medical care clinic. I guess the argument would be, okay, well, we could still have a sunshine list. Let's just make sure uh, we subtract however uh, it costs, however much it costs uh, for the doctor to to rent the space, heat the space, um, hire the staff, and let's let's subtract that from the amount that is billed. Is that even something you could do? It would be difficult to, to realize that. I, I, you know, I'm not sure exactly how, you know, how that would actually work on an operational level. I think what might be more interesting to do is, again, I am supportive of this kind of, of, of public transparency, but it, I think what might be more interesting to do is to say for anybody who is, you know, say, billing over a million dollars, let's say, which I think is a, a quite substantial number, let's actually um, publish details of the practice. So let's understand what that billing is funding. So it should be also associated with that number. How many staff people are they paying out of that? You know, mm-hmm. how much facility are they providing? So if we know that that $6 million biller actually funds a 50,000-square-foot facility that employs 25 people on the payroll, that provides a lot more context to that number than just hearing the $6 million number. And it changes the perspective. It, what are the unintended consequences of, you know, just posting a doctor's billing amount? Well, you know, there, there there definitely are some consequences. First of all, I think it could certainly turn public sentiment against physicians, which, you know, is always something to be wary of, especially if that public sentiment is turned against physicians, you know, in an unjustified manner where people are thinking that these are people who are making millions of dollars when they're not. The, the other worry is especially, and this has been raised multiple times, a lot of the times what happens is physicians who work in very rural settings tend to be high billers because they're the only doctor in that community. And they often work 24 hours a day, seven days a week on call every single day. And they're the only thing that keeps the medical care in that community going. And that's why they're billing so much money. And and, and so, you know, the reality is if, if that those fees weren't available, those doctors might actually not work in those communities or they might not provide that kind of care. And it might actually, if you were to try to provide that kind of care with multiple physicians, would end up in the same amount, just several doctors earning less. But the worry is that because of the public shaming of those doctors who are, are really helping to keep those rural communities going, some of them may say, I don't want to do this anymore because I'm, uh, you know, I'm starting to look like a bad guy. I might want to work less. I might not do those on call so that I can lower the billing numbers and not look like my billing is so egregious. And so the worry is that this actually may contribute further to the underservicing of a lot of these rural parts of the province. I recall a time when people used to admire physicians. Now it seems like uh, there are people uh, out there that, you know, respect what they do, but just 
can't understand, you know, why they're paid so much. When do we start vilifying? You know, it's a really good question, and, and certainly it's something that, that you know, I, I'm faced with day-to-day in my practice where, you know, if I started practicing about 15 years ago, and, and I remember uh, when I first started practicing, seeing that there was generally a very, very good relationship between the physicians and the patients, and, and in general, you know, the patients tended to, you know, believe in, in, in what we did and believed in our answers and, and respected the work that went into doing what we do. And more and more what I find is, is, is this is just pervasive across society, not even just in the financial area, but you have things like anti-vaccine culture where people look at physicians somehow as, you know, being in the pocket of a vaccine industry and, and you know, you have the anti-vaccine movement that vilifies physicians, uh, you know, even in, in, in lots of other areas where, you know, people have looked at physicians as somehow, you know, in the pocket of pharmaceutical industries. I think a lot of this is just a society-wide trend where, you know, we vilify science and we vilify, you know, people who are giving scientific-based advice. And I think it's something that's very dangerous because we start to see terrible behaviors as a result where people are listening to a random voice on Twitter or on Facebook as their health expert rather than somebody who's actually trained for many, many years as the person they should be listening to. And often we see the consequences, you know, people not getting vaccinated, they're not taking treatments for their illnesses that they should be taking. And, and it is certainly something, you know, that's an overall trend that, that I hope to see reversed at some point in the future. It sounds like it's a case of misinformation, a lot of people getting misinformation. And I seem to think, and I agree with you, if we get the information as far as the billing figures for Ontario's top billing doctors without all of the rest of the context of how many people they hire that they have to rent their uh, office space, that they have to hire staff, that they have to buy the equipment. Um, We are, once again, getting misinformation and basing something on uh, a lack of facts. Absolutely. And I I think you're hitting the nail on the head. I think... People being, you know, not completely informed of issues is responsible for a lot of bad decision-making out there, and I think this is just yet another example of that. Well, I really appreciate your time. Have yourself a great long weekend. Thank you. You as well. Cheers. That's Dr. Brett Belchett. He's our 640 Toronto medical expert.